everybody, welcome back to Jerry's Kids, a podcast where we discuss the Fallout Empire and the whole evangelical mess associated with it. My name is Violet Winters, and thanks for joining us today. So today I want to talk about the Romans Road and this whole like pathway to salvation concept. Last time we left off talking about hell. Uh, and the way that you get out of hell is through salvation. And this is a concept that was introduced really early on. We're still, like, in the very beginning of my childhood. Probably around five or six, all of these concepts are coming in. Before we get into all that, I want to offer up a content warning. There, I'm going to be talking about Salvation prayers, um, Awana, Vacation Bible School, going through some like specific biblical passages and talking about um, specific prayers and stuff. And I know that for me it was triggering, so just so you know, that's in here. And now we'll jump right into our fun Christian song, which is going to be by Humble Tip, the person who first graced the first episode of our podcast former Liberty student. This song, I believe Liberty is used in their promotional stuff. It's called This Is Liberty. Enjoy. Ready for the flame, step 
Okay, hi sweeties. It's okay. The song is over. I'm sorry. That that one's really bad. Um, and actually, it really sounds like they just wrote that for him and asked him to sing it. I wrote that for them and asked them to sing it. And I don't I I don't know Humble Tips gender, so I want to say they them, but that also might like piss them off. I don't know. Um. Yeah, that's wild. That's for Liberty University, Jerry Falwell's university. I'm pretty sure there was a line in there about, like, about sports and, like, just because we're Christian doesn't mean we won't, like, take your head off. And honestly, I feel like that's a very valid fear to have of Christians, given the history of the Catholic Church. So I don't know where that one came from. And they're called the Flames. That's why there's all the flame talk. Anyways, yikes. Let's get into it, folks. Oh, wait, first, sorry. My voice sounds different, you probably noticed. I have COVID. Eh. So, that's why. I'm fine. Yeah, the Roman's Road is this, like, ideological map for Christians to use to bring other people into the fold. So, like, from a super young age, we're taught that, like, it is, it is your job as a christian as a person like your primary purpose in this world is to bring other people into the church and we didn't say it like that it was like to bring other people to jesus so the romans road uh goes through the book of romans in the bible and it would like be on little tracks tracks are like like just a little pamphlet i guess uh talking about like how you can become a christian and why you should become a christian a lot of them base where they're coming from on this whole Romans Road thing. Romans Road starts with Romans 3.23. I'm just going to read through the verses and 
we can go from there. These are definitely verses I all memorized. So we start with Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. So like nobody is good, basically. Like all people are bad. And then we have Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So kind of just reaffirming that point. And then the problem that comes from that is in Romans 6.23, that the wages of sin, or for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you're bad, can't help it, you're just going to be bad. And because of that, you're like dying, uh, yeah, like I guess it's implied here that that's hell, and then... God can save you. And then we have Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that's the whole, like, this is how Jesus is going to help you out of your predicament. That he put you in, by the way, but nobody really, like, talks about that part. Uh, we get down to Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Oh my god, I have said these verses so many times, it's really strange saying them out loud again. I'm sure that, I, that I've recited them over and over uh, when I was memorizing them in Awana. We'll be talking about after this, it is one of the main ways that the Romans Road and other such things got tracked down to me. And then Romans 10, 13 is for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then we're almost at the end. We've like prayed this prayer probably at this point. We're accepting this gift from God. And then the results of that come in in Romans 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And Romans 8, 1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's like, you're good, you're fine. And then this website I'm looking at, which is just literally Christianity.com, uh, gives an example of a Romans road prayer, which is, God, I know that I am a sinner and that the wages of sin are death. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, as a payment for my punishment. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and profess my faith for salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Thank you for your grace, forgiveness, peace, and gift of eternal life. Amen. Or amen, depending on where you're from. God, it's a clusterfuck. It's this whole, like... And, and this really does go right to the heart of Christianity, I think. I am reading that and, like... I don't know that there's many Christians who would, like, disagree with that. And I welcome, like, feedback about that. Like, maybe there is, and I just don't know. But it it seems like that is kind of the basic idea of Christianity. Like, you're bad, and because you're bad, you're going to go to hell. But, like, God is good, and God sacrificed himself for you, and if you, like, give your life to him, then you'll go to heaven. But, like, what that leaves out is that the whole reason that you're, like, quote, bad in the first place is because God made you that way. And then he's the one who makes the rules about, like, why there needs to be a heaven, why there needs to be a hell. So, like, there doesn't, 
need to be a hell, but for some reason there needs to be a hell, and you're going to go there for something that you had, like, no agency in. But if you just, like, give your life to him and, like, do everything the way that he wants to, then he will, like, save you by not punishing you. It's literally, like, in a, like the classic dynamics of an abusive relationship. And I just, like, super don't get, like, how more people don't see that. That is the basic lens through which I see Christianity, is that it's, like, the sort of, like, paradigmatic model of an abusive relationship uh, is the way that God, like, relates to his followers. It's real weird. I don't like it. Um, but, yeah, this is, like, super what we grew up with in the Falwells Church, um, heavy, heavy emphasis on sharing this with others. So, like, I prayed this prayer on September 27th, 2001, we did, when I was fucking six years old, <laughs> didn't really know what was going on, um, my parents were really proud of me that I was, like, coming to them and telling them that I wanted to, like, follow Jesus. I mean, Christ, like, when you're six years old, like, what are you doing? You're, you're, like, you're following anything. <laughs> it's just, like, so absurd to me to think that you could, like, make some kind of huge, like, life-shattering decision when you're six years old. Like, what if you were, like, oh, this is a college I'm going to go to, or, like, this is, like, I don't fucking know, like, this is the music I'm going to like, or, like, even things that are, like, way less, way smaller than, like, oh, this is going to be my fucking religion for the rest of my life. But anyways, six years old, a lot of my friends also, like, became Christians as children. I was then baptized later that year. Um, we can probably get into that later, but um, almost immediately whenever I had any kind of, like, outreach to other people in my life, which, because of the way I grew up, was pretty much just through sports leagues, I, like, had to take the opportunity to tell them about Jesus. And all of my friendships were subsumed to this. So I can remember in, I don't know, maybe first or second grade, I just, I have a really distinct memory of, like, being super young, probably seven or so, and talking to a kid that was on my baseball team in, like, the county league. We also had church sports leagues. Uh, as I've mentioned before, everything at the Falwell Church was, like, pretty self-contained, very culty, but I was in, a, like, a county sports league, and yeah, I remember, like, telling this kid on my team who, like, didn't believe in Jesus about Jesus, and I'm, like, pretty sure I, like, got him to pray this prayer with me. And again, like, you're fucking six, seven years old. Like, you can, I don't know, like, you can tell your friend that, like, if they pray this prayer, they're gonna, like, grow wings or something, and they'll probably do it. And it's, like, I just don't get, like, one, it, it really upsets me how, like, children are manipulated into believing these things. Yeah, and then, like, telling my parents or telling my mom that I had, like, brought this kid to Christ or I had, like, prayed a prayer with this kid. And they were, like, super proud of me for, for what? For, like, telling other people, telling other kids the, like, same stuff they brainwashed me with. Um, 
pretty sure I did this with my neighbor as well. And it really just like superseded all our relationships. Like any, and this would continue into my adult life and young adult life. Like any relationship that I would have with a, a non-Christian would be totally dominated by this concern of like, oh, well, how are you like using that relationship to, or, or like, how are you working towards like bringing that person to God? And you couldn't like just be friends because you liked somebody um, that wasn't a Christian. Like there always had to be that like fundamental desire to like change them and, and literally to save them. And I think this ended up coming up later in life, like in middle school, but it's a profound memory too that deserves to be spoken. Uh, being in my, I was in my youth group in middle school and um, there was this video that came on of this like really impassioned, like hip young pastor who was talking about how if you like didn't tell your friends about Jesus, if you didn't tell your friends about God and about like the Bible and shit that you were basically just being like, Hey, like, fuck you. Like go to hell. I don't care about you. And so we had this like impetus constantly behind us as well that like we couldn't actually be loving our friends unless we were trying to change them. And that like love actually looks like trying to change somebody else. It's literally like, that's not, no, that is, I was going to say that's not exactly what we were being taught, but that is exactly what we were being taught. That, like, love is about trying to change somebody else. Love is taking somebody who is, like, quote, broken, and then you having all the answers, and then you're just trying to fix them. And you're trying to, like, make it better for them. Which is how my mom has spent most of her life trying to love me. <laughs> Um, since I left the, left the faith, um, and it is how God loves the church, uh, you know, if you are real, uh, and it's super problematic and, and like not okay. Like it's, it's grounded in telling somebody that they're not enough and they're not good how they are and they're not gonna be good until they get where you are also that is like the whitest shit ever and i'm really curious if this shows up in the same way in churches that are majority people of color so tracking back through these this roman's road yeah so like right in the beginning there's all this shit about like nobody being good and everybody's like falling short like that is not what you're supposed to be hearing as a six-year-old i mean i don't know much about child psychology i don't know anything about child psychology but i do know that children are supposed to be told that they're like worthy and good and loved and beautiful and like that they're good um that is not what we started out with, like, from our, from as early as I can remember. Like, it was, you are, you are bad. 
Like, and you need to be kept in check. Like, and if you're not going to, like, change who you are, which, again, like, it's pretty unclear at that point, like, what was bad uh, about us. Um, but, it, like, if you're not going to change who you are, then you're going to go to hell. And that was, like, we weren't a fire and brimstone church at Thomas Herb Baptist Church, but we were a church that talked a lot about hell. Um, so there weren't so much, like, preachers getting up and yelling about, like, how horrible hell was going to be and everything every Sunday. But it was always there, like, always lurking, always in the corners, always, like, heating up the, the back parts of the church. I feel like this church was a tent, like an old revival tent that you could walk in and, like, feel safe in and feel some sense of security. But this tent, like, it's see-through and, like, it can just drop at any moment and suddenly you're going to be in this vast lake of fire and, like, hell is there and the devil is like waiting to get you and it's so easy to slip up and it's so easy to like fall out into into hell um god yeah um so uh when you start with that it's not too hard to be convinced um to be manipulated into like, following Jesus, for whatever that means. Um, and, yeah, this whole, like, sin concept that's going on in the middle of the Romans road, that, like, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, again, God makes the rules, right? Like, God defines what sin is, God defines what right is, God defines what wrong is. So God sets these rules, he says, these are sins, if you do one, uh, my decision is to, like, punish you and send you to hell because he's the ultimate rule of the universe and you can do whatever the fuck he wants. But also, even if you don't do anything, like, as far as I understand, most Christians, definitely we, <laughs> believe that you're born a sinner. So you, like, literally could do nothing, but you have this, like, sin nature, which is just this, like, really nebulous, confusing um, concept. I don't know. I feel like anyone who's ever spent any time around children can just recognize the bullshit of this. Like, children are not evil. They're not fundamentally, like, fucked up. Um, like, sure, kids can be annoying sometimes, but they're not, like, evil. But we were taught that we were evil, and that's, like, that's some heavy shit to deal with, to to be taught, like, not only that you're, like, not great or, like, that you're kind of mediocre, but that you're literally evil and deserving of spending your, like, all of eternity being punished and tortured in, like, the most horrific ways imaginable. Like, holy God, like, put me at the absolute bottom of self-esteem, why don't you? Um, it's really extreme, and especially to teach that to kids, like, when you're so young and so manipulable... Um, honestly, like, fucking Sunday school shouldn't be a thing. Christians shouldn't be allowed to, like, teach this shit to kids. Like, it fucks with them. Speaking from very personal experience, it really fucked with me. I mean, not to be too ironic, but, like, crucify me about it. But I don't think Christians should be allowed to teach these things to kids. It's fucked up. Um, it's just not true, and it's, like, so damaging. 
um, to be taught these things about yourself. Uh, moving on to the next part about, like, oh my god, this part. Oof, this part. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. This whole believe in your heart thing, we know what it's like to say, declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, blah, blah, blah. Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart. Like, the amount of times that my friends and I have gone back and forth about, like, did I really believe? Am I really saved? I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to, like, incur those wages that, uh, of death. Um, whoa. <laughs> um, for it is with your heart that you believe. While also being told, I mean, all of this, like, just connects with so much of the rest of the Bible passages that say the heart is full, like, deceitful and wicked and, like, no one can know it. So, like, how the fuck are you supposed to take that, this, like, fundamental distrust in yourself and then couple it with, like, oh, the way that I know that I'm saved and that I'm good to go is if I believe in my heart, which I can't trust. Like, it's just a clusterfuck. Um, and then the last part, like, we have peace through God, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know. I just, I don't trust this guy. Like, he is really sketchy. Like, why did there have to be condemnation in the first place? I don't know. Again, I don't get it. It's a horseshit system. A lot of people believe in it. It's fucked. Um, I guess this is my, like, most hating Christianity episode <laughs> so far. Um, yeah, as far as, like, specific ways we relate this information besides Sunday school, Vacation Bible School was a big part of it. Awana was a big part of it. Vacation Bible School. Oh, God, it's a lot. Um, Vacation Bible School every summer. It's really common for, like, Baptist churches, Methodist churches to do this, where they invite all the kids around to come and, like, have a fun time. And in my church, it got fucking weird. Like, <laughs> we had a really big uh, sanctuary, like, main worship room that could hold, like, thousands of people. I started out in the old Thomas Road Baptist Church building, uh, which was, like, closer to downtown Lynchburg, and where Jerry Falwell started most of his ministries kind of built off from there and then eventually they got a new building in like 2002 for it was basically given to them it's a, we'll get there um but it got wild like we packed out the sanctuary with thousands of kids there's a week of you'd show up um sing some really fun songs there'd definitely be some like silly songs in there a lot of motions. You know, it's funny, it's just occurring to me now that we called them motions, but it was just dancing, like bad dancing, bad non-sensual dancing is what a motion is, for those of you who don't know, because Baptists don't dance, I guess. But I found a song from that time that's by Hillsong, and I know they have their scandals, I don't know what they are, but um, anyways, by Hillsong, and I found it by searching Christian song na 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 because that's pretty much what the song is. Have a listen.
I keep meaning to just drop like a section of these songs, but I think that music and other forms of media are like so important to how we internalize things, how we learn things, especially as children. Like I can still remember the lyric, or not, I do remember the lyrics of this song, but I also remember the motions, uh, the like our motions we would make with the waves, and when we were singing na 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 we would wave our arms back and forth and, and there's a whole array of emotions that I remember it could probably do right now and that's super powerful so that's why you're getting the whole song or rather I should say why you're getting the hill song and also we are gonna say nah nah so we have these songs singing along um feel like there'd normally be some kind of like sketch but I don't know I'm struggling to remember that I know that we would then go into like do craft rooms there was always a box maze every year just like it was pretty cool there was like a huge room that was just full of like cardboard boxes that had been built together and like a a maze that you crawled through and it had like UV lights everywhere and glow sticks um it was pretty fun I don't know what the purpose of it was I think it was just to be fun Lots of candy, lots of crafts, lots of songs, things that kids like. Um, I'm sure that the crafts we were making were Christian, like probably decorating a wooden cross or something. My mom used to have these pictures of us on our fridge that were like, they're probably still there, honestly, of me and my siblings, like a little cutout picture inside of a suit of armor. And the suit of armor like was all the different pieces of the like armor of God and um they were all colored in 
Uh, so we do that. But there'd always be this big buildup of like, you know, how many kids can we get here? How many people can we get here? And we'd like go out passing out. I remember one year, like maybe being in middle school, passing out flyers, telling people about uh, VBS in the downtown areas and which were also the like lower income and black parts of the city. Lynchburg is a really segregated city and yeah, we definitely didn't go around to like the rich white neighborhoods inviting kids to VBS because that wasn't like mission work, you know, quote unquote. So there's a lot of racism there that, which was like really horrific and awful. And I think really comes from this like white shit attitude that I was talking about earlier that we have all this knowledge and we're going to go out and find people and fix them. And like, being in the South and like being white and like I'm white and like I, our church was mostly white. And so, yeah, I think there is this hugely like racist part of the like missionization in our own town or the evangelism in our own town. We're like, we weren't going to like the fucking like fancy dentist offices and like rich neighborhoods and forests to invite kids to VBS as like church group outings. We were going to like the downtown, the inner city, uh, where, like, there were people who needed it, but, like, what we meant was black people and, like, how, like, fucked up and, like, white supremacist that is. Which is not surprising, considering that Jerry Falwell was, like, a big segregationist and he founded his private Christian academy to, like, continue being able to segregate white kids from black kids or segregate black kids from white kids in in Lynchburg after Brown v. Board of Education. So yeah, it's it's a bad racist history. So we'd go out inviting black kids in the downtown part of Lynchburg to VBS. I was like, okay, if we can get to this many numbers, like a thousand kids or something, then like Pastor Jonathan Falwell, uh, Jerry's, one of Jerry's sons, like, is going to do something wild. And it was always, like, really wild. Like, one year, and I don't know how much of this is real. I was a kid, it seemed real. But, like, one year he allegedly ate a goldfish. Like, swallowed a live fucking goldfish. Um, and I think the worship pastor did, too. Charles Billingsley. Um, these were, like, the main people in our church. Um, and then... I remember people, like, repelling from... The sanctuaries typically have, like, really high ceilings, like, kind of a concert hall, and definitely remember, like... I want to say Jerry Falwell himself, like, repelling from the ceiling after they, like, dropped down a dummy that looked like him, and then, like, everybody thought that he fucking fell out of the ceiling, which honestly would have been great, but... I'm mean, super traumatizing, but, like, that would have been great if he died earlier. Um piece of trash human and anyways i think spider-man came down one year remember a lot of repelling it was pretty cool and repelling is pretty cool as a person who repels on occasion after climbing something i think it's cool it's fun um one of my like best friend's dads was involved with that and like setting everything up with the ropes and i always thought he was like so cool for doing that celebrity status um, another year that they would like covered somebody in worms, 
like they had like a bathtub or like a some bucket laid out and then just like dumped a bunch of like weird worms on them but not like earthworms like some other kind of worm i don't even know like something scaly like more like a centipede but they weren't centipedes that was weird um they were like crawling around the sanctuary i remember finding them for like weeks afterwards (laughs) um but all of that was to like let's bring more people in which is the huge drive of these mega churches and evangel evangelicism is to bring more people in And there'd be an opportunity, like, every night, like, Jonathan would get up there, and he'd basically run people through, like, what I just said, the whole Romans Road thing, like, you know, you're a sinner, there's this punishment, but there's good news, Jesus is going to save you, like, all you have to do is accept him into your life. And, like, I don't know, probably, like, at least dozens of hands would go up all around the room, and these kids are, like, hyped up on sugar, there's lights, there's music, they're, like, with all their friends, there's peer pressure, all of these like multifarious like malicious manipulative manipulative techniques it's not at all an honest way to get people to come to something you know like if you're being fucking honest about something you don't need to like trick people into it or like provide all these stimulations for their senses like the thing should be good enough as it is you shouldn't need to market it um especially when we're talking about religion or like changing your whole life and so people would, yeah, like, I think people, like, kids would raise their hands. And I'm sure that many of you have heard a similar refrain, like, okay, there'd be maybe some, I don't know if we'd have, like, soft music playing at this point, at this age. Came definitely more later uh, with, like, the musical manipulation as far as, like, emotional manipulation. But, like, I want everybody to bow their heads, close their eyes. And, oh, yeah, also, this is, like, coming from an authority figure, like, obvious manipulation here, but, yeah, then he'd be like, I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes, and if you want to follow Jesus tonight, or if you want to, like, if what I just said, like, sounded good to you, then pray this prayer after me, and then he'd say that prayer. I'm not going to do it, because it's honestly a little too triggering for me, and I don't want to recreate the moment. Um... And then afterwards, he's like, with nobody looking up or looking around, like, raise your hand if you prayed that with me. It's like, I see one hand. I see two hands. I see three hands. Oh, I see that hand. Like, literally out of, like, some fucking movie or something. And that was how success was tallied, is in, like, how many souls came to God um, as kids. Like, you know, you're fucking manipulating little children. And that's how you're tallying success. Fucked up. Um, Awana was the other major way, besides like every Sunday church, uh, that these things were dispensed. As a young kid, we would do Awana on Wednesday nights. As I got older, it was Sunday nights. And then we'd have like youth group on Wednesday nights and regular church on Sunday morning. So three times church a week. Sunday was all church. But as a kid, you start out in... Awana is like this weird, like, Christian Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts program. Like, literally, it's just modeled off of that. You get, like, a vest, and you earn badges, and it's, like, all very scout-like. You start out as a cubby, like a little bear. I think there might even be one younger than that. And then you move up to being a spark, 
and then you go into truth and training. I think there might be an intermediary stage. There used to be pioneers. Super problematic. I think they got rid of it, but probably not because it was problematic. And then there's this like awful shorter song from my childhood that sticks with me and haunts me. Uh, the Sparks theme song, y'all. Okay, so clearly there's like demonic shit going on like that's demented and way too catchy for a child you have the awana song and awana stands for approved workmen are not ashamed which i think all second timothy 2 15 god this is cringy be diligent to present yourself approved to god a worker who does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth and we would just memorize Bible verses. That's what Awana is. That's the core of it, is you memorize Bible verses, you like advance through a book, you fill out some activities. Um, but you're memorizing and reciting Bible verses, wrote. Uh, there were also these things called Awana games, um, which were like little tiny Olympics for kids, Christian kids. I don't know, they were kind of a big deal growing up um for us they revolved around like relay races around a circle in like a gymnasium there'd be like taped out circles beanbag tosses a lot with beanbags cones and relay races batons and things a lot of running fun kid stuff people took it kind of seriously though <laughs> there were like regional championships that took place like up in roanoke um, give me a shout out if you were ever at one of those. Um, there were awards. It was it was kind of intense. Um, but yeah, I, I think that through Omana there was a lot of this dispensing of the salvation message and then being encouraged to like use that knowledge to go out and convert other people. And there was this like Rubik's Cube little tool that I used to carry around on a keychain. Uh, try and find it. Um, please enjoy this soft, relaxing music while I look for it. Oh my god, I found it. An Avanja cube. Yes, an Avanja cube. Oh god, damn. And it was, again, basically that Roman's Road laid out on a cube. Apparently you can still buy them. I had one, it came in a little case that it, it would like unfold onto a cross. Oh god. Yeah, really tragically cringy. Um, 
but you could like use this to explain the gospel to somebody oh god like oh, i can't like why would you why would you look at this and then be like yes i'm gonna become a christian Oof, that's a lot um jesus christ um Jesus Christ save us. That's all I have to say at the end of this episode. We'll see you next time. Be talking about heaven probably. Bye. of the worlds in darkness.